Hey Techies, I'm your host, Tasia Custodi, and if you don't know, this is the podcast where I deep dive into the tech world to bring you the information that matters most in a relatable, straightforward way. On today's show, I'm sharing an update on the YouTube invalid traffic bug that's affected over 100 creators and counting. So if you haven't listened to episode 15 yet, I strongly recommend you start there so this episode makes sense to you. It's been about two weeks since that episode aired and it feels like so much has changed, yet nothing has changed. So here's the Coles Notes version for you. As of the recording of this podcast, I've got a running list of 108 affected creators. It is growing by the day and has become a legit part of my daily tasks at this point to respond to other affected creators and to update this running list. Now, YouTube has continued via their liaison on Twitter to double down that this is not a bug, even though it's affecting so many of us at the same time. We are being told, and I quote, it's not a bug and there's no revenue. Advertisers don't pay out for things like fake clicks on ads for creators or for YouTube. The system will try to protect itself until the invalid traffic stops. And then, of course, we get a link to go to creator support again. Here's the problem with that messaging. And there are honestly a lot of problems with it. But let's start with... When he says the system will try to protect itself until the invalid traffic stops, many of us, me included, completely turned off monetization for a set period of time. So if this was really so-called invalid traffic with no ads running on any videos, the invalid traffic should cease at that point since there are no ads to click. Therefore, the system would note the invalid traffic has stopped and our revenue should return to normal. This has not happened, of course, because the invalid traffic claim is bogus to begin with. I don't need to repeat myself here on how none of us have any anomalies in our analytics to signify any spikes in traffic. For that, you can listen to episode 15. Further, to be hit this hard, or arbitrarily even, taking 70 to 90% of our ad revenue, like who even comes up with that percentage, and to be hit for this prolonged period of time also doesn't really track. It's almost like YouTube is just making up numbers and timeframes for this with no real data to back any of it up. And I say that because there is no data on my end. And if they have actual data, they certainly aren't sharing it. It's also very convenient for YouTube to stick with this messaging since they are in major hot water with advertisers right now. It takes but one search to find article after article about how Google is facing scrutiny over claims it misled advertisers about where it places video ads and whether it violated US sanctions. There's a really great article from The Verge that goes into a little more detail, and I'm going to link to that in the podcast description if you want further info on it. But basically, the Wall Street Journal reported that research from the analytics company Adalytics suggested that Google, quote, may have cost media buyers up to billions of digital ad dollars by putting ads on sites in ways that violate Google's own standards. 
So the TLDR version here is that the report focuses on the true view ad format, which are ads placed on YouTube and other websites or Google video partners. Viewers can skip these ads after five seconds, which we commonly know as skippable ads. Advertisers only pay for the ad if a viewer watches at least 30 seconds of it without skipping or the full length of the ad. The problem that's being alleged here is that Google promises these ads will only appear on, quote, high quality sites before the page's main video content with audio on. Now, Adalytics found this wasn't the case 80% of the time. In fact, they allege they found the opposite, that Google has been placing ads in small muted video players that appear in the corner of the screen, and sometimes they autoplay on loop without any viewer interaction. So this is what they are saying violates Google's quality of standards for TrueView skippable ads. There are also a lot of other inconsistencies in Google's own policies, which I won't get into here for the mere sake of time. But I want you to remember the key here, skippable ads. I'm going to touch on that in a second. Now, in July, Google, of course, denied any wrongdoing, claiming that this report is, quote, extremely inaccurate. Google instead argues that the majority of video ad campaigns serve YouTube. So here's how this all fits together. In my humble opinion, of course. Many industry experts say that advertisers are entitled to a refund. And not only that, but this has put advertisers on edge in general, with some thinking twice before even buying programmatic video ads. And I think you can see where the tie-in is coming here. It's not lost on me that all of this is going on in the background as over 100 of us and counting are being hit with so-called invalid traffic, where YouTube claims it has to refund advertisers for invalid clicks, all while none of us are allowed to see any supposed data of when this invalid traffic occurred or where it came from. Everything looks normal on our end while YouTube can cut our ad revenue by 70 to 90% while continuing to run ads on our content. And further, not just my channel, but majority of the people I have talked to that this has affected, guess what type of ads it has affected for them? You called it skippable ads. This is not lost on me. Can we call that a coincidence when that's what these true view ads are that is calling Google into question in the first place with advertisers? I'm going to mull on that for a little minute while I tell you that a fellow creator reached out to YouTube support again after a month of his revenue being down. And this time they claimed all is well on his channel now and the RPM he's seeing is now a result of his channel performance i.e. this is the new normal, so get used to it. Is it just me or does this also seem like a pretty convenient thing? Blame the creator now for low RPM because of his channel performance, when his channel performance is doing better than ever, but his RPMs are lower than ever at a volatile time for Google and advertisers. Because here's the other thing. Of all these 108 plus channels that this has happened to so far, we all have one thing in common across our niches. We all have or had generally pretty high RPM and CPM. Is this also a coincidence? How aptly timed 
that we all should be hit with this same invalid traffic claim around the same time while Google is in hot water with advertisers and needing to make up billions of dollars. Does this mean these new lower RPM rates are the new normal for us and YouTube can safely hide behind their bogus invalid traffic claims? It's at the very least a pause for concern and at the very most a malicious act. So it's cool that it all seems a little suspicious to me and I can allege whatever I want to allege, I guess. But how do we actually prove this? How does David prove what Goliath is alleged to be doing? And if I had the answer to that, I wouldn't need to be making this podcast episode. Doesn't that just grind your gears? So what's happening now? Well, unfortunately, as you could have guessed, a whole lot of nothing besides creators getting the same rhetoric. Oh, and I also should add in a little bit of victim shaming from other creators. And it's been a wild few weeks, to say the least. But where does all of this actually leave us, the creator? Some creators I've spoken with are just done, throwing in the towel, so to speak. It's not worth it to them to keep putting their time and energy into fighting Goliath. And I get it. But for me, it just leaves me feeling alone on an island again, even though there are now so many of us on this island. So I guess I'll keep being annoying and as some have told me, mindlessly screeching online about it. Because if I can make one single person feel less alone in this nightmare as their livelihood is ripped out from under them, then you know what? I guess that's the least I can do. In terms of what will happen to my YouTube channel, I still don't know. This is all happening at what, of course, is the busiest time of year for me as a creator. There are a ton of announcements and new product launches, uh, and I just don't know. If I throw in the towel now on my channel, it's literal years of hard work down the drain, and it's also allowing YouTube to win. But if I keep on as if nothing happened, that's also allowing YouTube to win and profit off my work without paying me for it. So for now, I'm working on courses and multiple podcasts, not just this one, but AI Named This Show, which has, by the way, is such a fun endeavor that I'm doing with my friend and fellow tech expert, Tristan Jutra. And besides that, I'm setting up a Patreon. You can Google Teja Custody Patreon if you're so inclined. But other than that, I just don't know. And how frustrating is that? In the end, I'm still hoping for the same three things to come of all of this. Number one, creators need to be able to get in touch with a real human. Number two, big companies should not be allowed to hide behind vague accusatory language. And number three, just like the advertisers, we creators want our money back too. Before you run off, if you enjoyed today's rather depressing episode, please share it with friends and on social media. Get that word out. Leave a comment or connect with me on the interwebs. I'm at Tasia Custody on all the things. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave a review because it helps others find this podcast too. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Talk Techie to Me, and we'll chat real soon. 